here to introduce you to the great musicians and music businesses and organizations of Wisconsin. Every week, Wisconsin Music Podcast will be bringing you great information on what's happening in the Wisconsin music world. For our music-loving listeners, we'll bring you music that you haven't even heard of yet from unique and talented artists and hear about their journey so far. You'll either hear live performances of their songs or songs from their selected discography. For our musicians out there wondering what they can do to further their recognition, we'll be calling upon Wisconsin music businesses and organizations to enlighten you on what they're doing to help further your music journey. And now, here's your host, Zach. Thanks, Dean. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Wisconsin Music Podcast, episode 36. We were off last week with Memorial Day weekend. Hope everyone enjoyed the good weather that we had during that weekend. This week, we have Ty Christian from the band Lords of the Trident. Since the band's formation in in late 2008, Lords of the Trident has played 300-plus shows, has toured throughout the U.S. and Europe. Lords has opened for major bands, including heavy metal giants, Halloween, Steel Panther, Battle Beast, Theracracy, Cage, Unleash the Arches, Three Inches of Blood, Skeleton Witch, Striper, Crimson Shadows, Psycho Stick, Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum, Puddle of Mud, Mushroom Head, Saliva, Fuel, and Indie Mega Band of Montreal. Lords have played and headlined numerous festivals, including the 2014 Summerfest Festival, 2010, 2011, and 2014 Warriors of Metal Festival, and 2015 and 2016 Powerfest Festival. The 2015 Midwest Metal Anthem Festival, the 2014 and 16 Mead and Metal Festival, and the 2013 Ragnarok Festival. In 2017, the Lords started their own festival, Mad with Power Fest with each year bringing greater success than the last. To see a Lords of the Trident concert is to experience a true show. Medieval costumes, pyrotechnics, confetti cannons, guitar set ablaze, and of course, excellent technical musicianship. The Lords have released six full albums, three EPs, and two live DVDs, along with numerous compilation singles. On August 25th, 2018, the Lords released their latest full-length album entitled Shadows from the Past. And you're gonna hear some of those songs today and hear about their new album as well. If you want to hear more about them, check out Lords of Trident, lordsofthetrident.com. Once again, that's lordsofthetrident.com. Diamond Dave Photography, the photography that supports local music in Wisconsin and is ready to work with your band or any solo artist on your next promo pictures or band show. To contact Diamond Dave and see previous work, check out Diamond Dave Photography on Facebook and Instagram. Wisconsin Music Podcast is also brought to you by ZTF Studio. ZTF Studio Recording and Mixing Services, specializing in singles, demos, EPs, and LP projects for the last 20 years in southeastern Wisconsin, doing jazz, rock, funk, country, indie, and more. Wisconsin Music Podcast is a media partner of the 5th Annual Make Music Milwaukee, a day-long celebration of live music on Monday, June 21st. Local musicians and venues are invited to participate in this free citywide event. For more details and venue musician matching services, can be located at makemusicday.org slash Milwaukee. Once again, that's makemusicday.org slash Milwaukee. All right, let's get into the interview with Ty from Lords of the Trident. Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. So thank you so much for being on. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. So we have Ty here, and Ty is with the band... Lords of the Trident, the most metal band on earth. We had them uh, a couple songs on our holiday song episode back in December. 
And Ty's going to give us a lowdown on his, basically his origin story in music. So why don't you kind of give the audiences just like how you got into music and the path that took you to where you are today in the recording oh, studio. Oh man, yeah, I've been I've been in, I've been into music since the dawn of time. Basically, I mean, uh, my you know my grandparents had a uh, a polka band, uh, and they would play to packed rooms uh, up in the twin or up in the uh, Twin Ports Duluth Superior. Just absolutely, you know, they they kept telling me stories about oh you know packed rooms and people be trying to get in. I and I grew up listening to them play and not not their band but just playing in the in uh, in the house um seeing their posters on the walls actually was the big thing that made me go like ah i want to do that and uh and so of course uh, my parents got me into music lessons from the time i was very very young you know eight eight ish something like that started piano and voice and uh and yeah, eventually I just I started a band and started another band and went to college and started another band and then another band and <laughs> here we are, you know. So this 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 one's the one that's that's stuck, you know. Yeah. Uh, so thir- thirteen years later. So. And if I remember correctly, you guys said you probably one of the top um, metal. I don't. I don't. Would you call yourself a metal band? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like people uh, obviously. Some some people call us power metal. Some okay. people call us heavy metal. Some people call us traditional heavy metal. Uh, it, you know, it 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 differs person to person how you define the subgenres of metal, right? It's, right? it's very very kind of loose in that way. Um, I would just call us uh, heavy metal. Um, I I also like to say you know we're slightly power metal too. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> heavy cool. metal's fine. <laughs> So you had some bands, like you just said, you know, getting in, going all the way to this band now. So who's all in this band and who plays what? Right. So I am the singer, uh, Ty Christian, a.k.a. Fang von Rassenstein. Uh, You know, Ty Christian, of course, is my mortal alias. Right. Uh, And then, of course, on drums, we've got Master Herc Schlockzeuger. Uh, we on uh, lead guitar. We've got uh, Baron Torian Hellishar on lead guitar. We've got Asian Metal on lead bass. We've got Pontifex Mortis. So there's five of us here. And then on occasion, I will rip a uh, MIDI keyboard solo on the <laughs> on the album uh, uh, in Pro Tools, mostly orchestration stuff. So I'll do some uh, a little bit of stuff here and there. But I am primarily just uh, your 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 main vocalist. And the guy who set, sets things on fire on stage. That's, those are my two main roles. If I had to put one above the other, it'd probably be the fire first, and then the vocalist. So um, you guys have pyrotechnics going on stage, I take it then. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Swords, armor, pyro, confetti. It's a big show, uh, and it's it's a ton of fun. Absolutely ton of fun. Sounds like fun. I definitely would want to check that out once uh, we get done with this pandemic going on here. Yeah. Yeah. You said you've been around for 13 years. So that takes us to like 2008, 2000. Eight. Yeah, 2008. 2008. Yep. Social media is just kind of starting to happen a little bit. But mostly before that, we had things like Milwaukee Rocks and um, Sonic Bids and EP, you know, electronic press kits and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So how did you start promoting when you first started the band? Oh boy, that was back in the in the tail end of the MySpace days. Right. And that right, was, right. you know what? I will say the one thing that I really really enjoyed about myspace that still we do not have anything like this uh that is being used by the masses is back in the day back in the day you see on <laughs> myspace 
you could type in you could type in a, a zip code and you could say show me all bands within a you know a 50 mile radius of the zip code and so um and you know you you kind of have that on like say reverb nation or whatever nowadays but not every band is on reverb nation if we had a something like that on facebook it would be great because most bands have a Facebook page right. or, you know, Twitter or whatnot. But, but MySpace had that and everybody, everybody was on MySpace back in the day. And so, um, so what I, what I started to do when, you know, the, the band kind of started, started up here uh, is I would just, I just went down the entire listing and I listened to every single band in, you know, probably a, a three, four mile or three, four hour driving radius. And I'd, I found the bands that I liked, Message them. I found local promoters. Message them, you know, and just try to get things set up. And uh, interestingly enough, one of the local promoters that from Appleton, Wisconsin, which is about two hours away from Madison here, um, one of the local promoters that that I messaged back then uh, has she came out to our I think it was our third show ever, and she is now our very very longtime friend, and she's our main uh, like roadie. Uh, she comes on all of our tours and uh, sells merch and, and helps us load and all that sort of stuff. And she's just been a, a giant longtime friend. So a lot of that early you know, legwork definitely paid off. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Cool. Very cool. Then since you guys have been together for, for 13 years now, um, you guys built a really strong fan base, I take it. And you have you know, multiple albums out now. Yeah, this is uh, this is going to be album number 10. Wow, if I remember. awesome. Yeah. Obviously, mm-hmm. all original music? Yeah, um, yeah, pretty much everything. So we, we released a we released an EP of covers that was um, from a, a Kickstarter uh, uh, reward thing that we did for okay. an album back in the day. And then, of course, the, uh, the holiday EP that we sent uh, you guys. Uh, but everything else, yeah, everything else has been all originals. Um, so, so yeah, we've been, we, we like to keep busy. <laughs> it kind of reminds me a little bit of like, not that you guys are like them, but in a way it's kind of like Siberian orchestra trends, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. that, that kind of vibe. I think I get a little bit from you guys. I mean, obviously you guys are drawing from other places as well, but I still kind of get a feel of that trans Siberian from you guys a little bit, which is really, yeah, really cool. I can- I can see where you get that because, you know, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, a lot of people, you know, uh, equate them real close with like power metal. And there are a lot of really, uh, there are a lot of like famous players in the power metal scene who work for, tra- uh, for uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra and play with them. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. The, the influence is definitely there. That's, yeah. So when you guys started out, um, what kind of venues did you perform at when you first started out? <laughs> uh basically anywhere that would have us you know <laughs> like mostly mostly bars um uh smaller bars and smaller venues and we just kind of worked our way up like you know just kind of like most bands do um but uh but yeah we we played in in our fair share of dive bars and and still do actually um you know although we've gotten a little bit bigger than than you know your standard i don't know a uh, smaller dive bar. Um, we one of the fun things for us is to, especially when we're on the road, when we're when we're doing long tours, and we're in markets that we you know maybe we haven't been before. So like you know, the tour will take us through. You know, we got to find a spot somewhere in like I don't know rural Nebraska or what you know whatever. We'll find some some small dive bar and. One of the you know one of the most fun things is to you know load into this dive bar and just see the looks on people's faces and their their, their mouths drop you know when like I light my microphone on fire or you know we come out 
you know, uh, we come out with swords and armor and like, you know, it, it, it feels some of those shows feel a lot less uh, to, to quote one of our guitarists, you know, they feel a lot more like um, a, a lot less serious maybe than some of our other shows you know, where, where we're really more about uh, having fun and, and maybe we're not as, you know, completely focused on being as technically proficient as humanly possible, but instead we just want to see, you know, uh, old Uncle Earl over by the dartboard go like, what the hell are these guys? I swear to God, I ain't seen anything like that before. Oh, my God. You know, so that can be that can be real fun. <laughs> Why don't you kind of help like some of the ones that are just starting out, some of the groups, you know, like red flags and things like that, that you've noticed over the years that maybe you like, man, I wish I would have known about that, you know, yeah. beforehand or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So it's funny you should mention that because one of the. One of the main things that I'm I'm really um, passionate about is DIY band business uh, related things. And so, um, years ago, I started up a, a blog with a with a metal site, um, and they they dubbed it Words of Fang. Uh, and I would do every month I do like a topic, like a DIY topic. That site shut down. And so I resuscitated it maybe about ah, maybe about three, four years ago into a what is kind of turned into a monthly video series. Um, and so I if you search on YouTube, Lords of the Trident, we have a playlist called Words of Fang, where I have I think there's probably upwards of 30, 40 videos on there where I cover everything from making your own T-shirts to poster design to do's and don'ts for being on the road, how to handle like an international tour, how to incorporate your band into LLC, how to start a Patreon, you know, what crowdfunding is is um in terms of red flags to speak to your question specifically right mm -hmm. um i think the, the the main thing that bands you know need to especially younger bands need need to understand is that the a lot of bands will think oh you know uh, uh we'll we'll record some good music we'll play a few shows and then like we'll get a manager and we'll get the attention of some uh record industry guys and you know and they'll they'll help us move forward. And, and the reality of it is that like, you really literally have to do and learn to do everything yourself. And that includes stuff like recording, stuff like making your own videos, stuff like setting up your own tour. You have to build your own business to the point where people will want to like take a piece of the pie. That's, mm -hmm. that's when the managers come in, but nobody, nobody is going to be interested in a band that can't say, for instance, you know, in their hometown, pull out a, a crowd of, of, of a hundred people, you know, like if you're only pulling out 20, 30 people, you're, you're not ready for record labels. You're not ready for a manager. You have to be in demand and be actually making money because of the, the you know, the real, the real sad part of it is that like, they're, they're really just looking to try to take some of your money right? Right, right, right. <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, so you got to be making a lot of money. And then they'll, then the managers will come in and be like, Hey, give me a little bit of that, please. You know, and then you can be like, no, no, bad manager. I can do this myself because I listened to the words of Fang video series. So I know what to do. I don't need you, buddy. Right. That's what right. you tell them. Well, I'll definitely put a link in the, the show notes below. Uh, what's the link to that? Yeah, it's just youtube.com slash Lords of the Trident. Okay. Uh, in fact, if you type Lords of the Trident into Google, we're like the first 50 pages, and then it starts to get real weird. Um, <laughs> but, you know, our main our main links are lordsofthetrident.com, youtube.com slash Lords of the Trident, and our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Lords of the Trident. Um, we are actually the number one most supported, most funded independent metal band on Patreon. 
Excellent. And so obviously this is like a grassroots kind of build kind of thing that you guys did, right? Oh, the Patreon? Yeah. Yeah, it's so so for for the people out there who are not familiar with what Patreon is, um, it's it's kind of like a crowdsourced idea of the patron of the arts model. You know, so back in like the medieval ages, you'd have you know some some king or some duke giving you know Michelangelo or Donatello or some artist or some Ninja Turtle, you know, uh, like <laughs> enough money to live on, and and then you know make art for them. Right? right. So one person, one patron would be paying these people's like life's, you know, uh, support salary, basically. Right. Um, Patreon is instead of like one guy paying, you know, fifty thousand dollars a year, you get people pledging a dollar a month, two dollars a month, five dollars a month, ten dollars a month. And based on what you pledge, you get specific prizes. So it's kind of like a Kickstarter, but it's like a never ending Kickstarter. Yeah. And so you get and it's, you know, lower dollar amounts. Um, so, yeah. So so we. um uh, and, and a lot of people use Patreon, YouTubers, musicians, all that sort of stuff. Um, and and we are lucky enough to have the the, the fan support uh, all over the world, where we are the we're the number one back to Patreon on there. So um, and we do a lot. We do a lot of exclusive stuff on Patreon. We do a lot of streams. We do a lot of extra content, a lot of ex- uh, exclusive videos and behind the scenes access and stuff like that. Um, so we try to make it worth worth everybody's while. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, those that's definitely stuff that people want to uh, invest their money in in some in good content for sure. Yeah, and a lot of people just really like supporting you know a band uh, directly, especially you know a, a smaller or mid level band. I always kind of tell people it's like, you know, what what if you had the chance to kind of get in on the ground floor, so to speak, of like Iron Maiden. Right. You know, and and you and you were one of their first two hundred or three hundred people who were supporting them directly, giving them five dollars a month, and you just so happen to now have Bruce Dickinson's cell phone number, and you can call him up and be like, "Hey, hello, mate, what's up? Oh yeah, I'm just going over to Perth, Australia for a for a tour." You know, you could just call him up and chat him. Like you'd want that, I'd right. want that. Yeah, like holy crap! So you know, Patreon kind of allows people to to become part of the the business in a sense. You know, to be a shareholder in the band. A lot of people like that. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what is your, is Madison your hometown? For the Madison's band? our hometown. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, and obviously you played lots of venues in Madison. So what are like the positives that you have seen in the local Madison music scene? Oh God, the local Madison music scene is amazing. Um, I, you know, we, we've toured all over the country. We've toured all over the world. Uh, and honestly, you know, I, obviously I've, I've spent the most time in Madison, so I can speak probably strongly to this, but there's only been a couple of other cities that we've toured to and spent time in where I've really felt like the ma- like the, the local music scene is as cohesive and, and, um, and, and, and helpful as the Madison scene. It, it really feels like everybody's going out and supporting everybody else. I mean, I'm wearing a droids attack shirt right, right now. So, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and like everybody's going out, we have drummers that are playing in like five or six, you know, bands and everybody's supporting each other. Um, Madison has always felt like a scene where it's, it's not about competition. It, there's never really been that mindset. It's all about the idea of a, a rising tide raises all ships, right? right? So I've never really run into too many people who feel like the local music scene here is competitive, more that it's uh, uh, collaborative and, and helpful. Um, and being in a scene like that uh, really changes your perspective on, on, on what kind of music can do and what music can be and how music can help a city uh, move forward and progress in 
multiple different ways. Um, I think it's a really, really unique scene. Um, you know, and, uh, the only other the only other example of one of a scene that I thought, oh man, this is just like Madison, was uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, when we were mm. over there. Um, it was the it was that same feel where like everybody's giving each other hugs. All the bands came out and watched all the other bands. Uh, you know, it was it was a big kind of love fest, uh, uh, so, so to speak. You know, in, in terms of the the scene. Um, and, and there've definitely been, I think that's not the norm. I think the norm is there, there's definitely been a lot of scenes that we've been, uh, inside of and, and a part of, you know, as, as a outsider band where the music scene is taken more of an, in a, in a competitive approach, right. Where, uh, a band, a, another hard rock band or metal band will think that, you know, since say droids attack got this show and I didn't, you know, they quote unquote won. where, you know, yeah. I, it's not, that's not how it works that's not how it goes you know um but i think that sort of perspective is the norm um in a lot of the in a lot of the markets and it's it's been very interesting to be in a market where that perspective is not the norm and i think it's a lot more healthy and it's a lot more it, it encourages people to start bands it encourages people to grow their bands it encourages people to think about how they could make arts for a living. Um, I think it's a way better way to be. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And not to say that, I mean, obviously there are some negatives of the local scene as any scene has some negatives, but what are some things in the scene that you think could be improved upon? Yeah, I think, um, there, there's a lot of, and, and what, what I'll say is that I'm, I'm part of the, um, I'm, I'm on the board of the Madison area music association, which is a, um, association that runs kind of like a local Grammys, mm-hmm. uh, and and our main focus of that is to raise money for charity to put uh, uh, instruments and music education into local schools. And one of the things that we've been struggling with, and I think one of the things that we can really improve upon um, in Madison, is to is to help with the uh, with the diversity uh, of the local t- scene to encourage, um, like maybe to encourage a lot more. Um, diversity in genres outside of maybe the standard genres that you'd experience in like, say a quote unquote college town, right? Yeah. We're, we're good on, we're good on jam bands. We're good on indie rock. You know, we got a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to see, uh, I'd love to see a little bit more rap, you know, a little more hip hop, maybe some, some, um, I mean, heck maybe even some, like some black metal or something like that. Um, but just encouraging a little bit more uh, of that. And I think also being just, uh, being aware of, um, of of prejudices and and uh, an inherent kind of built-in racism towards some genres like rap um, that may hinder uh, local artists' ability yeah, to to, to book shows and to be successful. Um, so I think that's something that we can improve upon definitely here in Madison. Uh, I would also say that you know I think I think everybody can can think about that and kind of challenge their own perception of of you know how how their how their implicit biases um can can hinder certain genres um yeah i think that's i think that's something everybody can work yeah, on yeah that's it's a great perspective and yeah I, I think the world is starting to change and i think hopefully we're getting to a point where those dis, uh discriminations start melting away where we don't have yeah. to worry about that hopefully fingers crossed yes know? i mean exactly yeah so obviously, like you said earlier, you are actually at the recording studio while we're talking. Yeah. My next part is actually to talk about your current project. Kind of tell us your thought process for doing an 
a project, like from the beginning to the recording studio to the end, you know, where you're telling everybody all about it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this one is a little bit, this album is a bit unique. Um, this is our first concept album that we've ever done. Um, and it actually didn't start off, uh, the, the whole idea didn't start off as a concept album. Different bands do, do, do things different ways in terms of writing. Right. The thing that have, that's worked for us is that one of the guitarists will come up with an idea, share it with the other guitarist, and they'll go kind of go back and forth and flesh out a demo. Uh, and then I, 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 I am the, uh, the, the quote unquote suck filter in the band where I listen to the demo and I'm like, you know, I give it the, the yay or the nay, the thumbs up or the thumbs down. <laughs> and then, uh, and then once it, you know, once it makes it past the suck filter, uh, <laughs> then, then I start writing lyrics for it. And, um, you know, usually what we'll do is I'll listen through to the demo and I'll kind of think about, okay, how does, what, what imagery kind of pops into my mind from, from this music? What is it, how does it make me feel? What thoughts and feelings does it pop does, does it bring immediately into my attention? And then I'll write from there. Um, that's how we've done a majority of our, of our albums. We haven't really done a whole lot of concept work before where it's, you know, one conducive, con uh, one uh, whole storyline, you know? Um, this time we, yeah, we ended up, we ended up kind of falling into a concept album accidentally because I had a, I had a couple songs that really worked well together and I came up with this, you know, general universe for one song. And then I just found myself building it out, building it out, building it out with more and more songs. Um, so, so, you know, so the first step is obviously coming up with the songs, rehearsing them, um, making sure that everybody has been able to include, you know, their, their create, put their creative stamp on it basically. Uh, and then when everybody gives the thumbs up, uh, that's when we start uh, going off to the studio. Now what we do is, and what I think most bands should do, uh, if I'm being perfectly honest, is we record our own um, uh, guitars, bass, vocals and we do all of our own orchestration and stuff like that so i have a small uh recording studio set up at my house uh and we and, and we basically do all of the recording there um something that that 99 of bands can do on a very limited budget nowadays especially with the technology yeah. that's available um so we do that and then for instruments like drums you know we're in this drum studio right now where we, we're really we, where we really want a really good sound without potentially without having to do sample replacement, without having to, you know, replace the sound of the drums. Right. Um, we'll go to an actual studio. We'll spend the money and spend the time as we're spending right now and go to an actual studio and get those drums done. Um, so, you know, that's base. that's the recorded one. Once the drums are all done, we'll go back in, we'll do some cleanup. We'll do some pre-production. We'll uh, do some quantizing and stuff like that. Make everything all tight and, and fit together. Well, uh, and then once that's all done, we ship it off to uh, a mixing engineer uh, to mix it and then goes to a mastering engineer and then we make the CD. Um, so that that's the general workflow of the recording. Um, while we're doing that, right, um, I think not only us, but most bands have to think about things like uh, a marketing approach, um, how we're going to be talking about releasing this, what kind of music videos are we going to make, what kind of uh, how are we going to stand out from the pack uh, and, and how are we going to make this interesting to people, you know, who've never heard of us before. Um, so I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of opportunities for creativity, especially if you're into making your own videos like I am, uh, you know, for, for doing that. Mm -hmm. I think also, you know, com coming back to a previous question of, you know, red flags for bands. One thing that a lot of, I think a lot of bands think of uh, is that, you know, oh, they'll get this album done and they'll release it. 
and and people will notice it organically. Um, and the the thing that really kind of that, that you learn when you've been in the music industry for long enough is like th there are like you know a thousand albums, probably more, coming out every six months. Yeah. You know, uh, and 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 there you know so how how do you expect to just drop this album without any marketing, without any idea of of music videos, and just have it become big? You know, the the real the real honest truth and answer about about creating your band and, and making it bigger than where it is right now is that for every dollar you spend in the studio um, and for every hour, you know, you spend uh, making your album sound good, honing your craft, practicing right. your instrument, you have to then spend an hour or spend a dollar um, marketing it and, and working on that marketing material. Um, so, you know, if you're, if your recording budget is 10 grand, you're, advertising budget should be 10 grand and if you don't have that a to b match then you're doing it wrong you know then then your album will fail um so you know so i think for us there's a lot of cost saving because we do so much of the stuff ourselves we, we shoot all of our own videos we record almost all of our own stuff we do almost all of our own post-production on the album um so that's that's a way that we've been able to save a lot of money uh but you know, if, if, uh, we, we also, we also, uh, stick by that mantra of like, you know, we'll take, you know, $10,000 and we'll invest it into, you know, hyper targeted Facebook ads. Um, <clears throat> we'll, we'll talk to, you know, PR managers in our genre and hire somebody on for a couple months and do, do interviews and do, uh, radio and, you know, <clears throat> and, and, uh, you know, put as much thought and effort into the marketing side of things as we do into the music. Um, that's, that's how we grow fans. Um, and I, I think too, nowadays, especially you, you can get a lot of bang for your buck on, um, on hyper, hyper, hyper targeted ads. If you just spend a day, watch some YouTube tutorials and like figure out how to do, you know, those, those hyper targeted ads. I mean, it's nuts what you can do on Facebook nowadays. Like we literally ran an ad that was like, we, we were, we were on tour, we were over in, um, we were, we were playing over in um, Germany in Bremen and we ran, we ran a Facebook ad that was literally like find, find uh, 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 20 to 50 year old men who are into Dungeons and Dragons, Magic the Gathering, Power Metal and have played D&D &D in the last month. Hmm. <laughs> like we, we narrowed it down from like a million people to like a hundred <laughs> And we and we we sold that show out. I mean, like it was nuts. So nice. you know, it, it's it's that sort of a you can really it, it makes Facebook and social media, you know, love it or hate it, um, allows uh, bands and brands right now to really hyper 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 target and find like that one guy who you know who you know is going to come up to your merch booth and like buy every CD. You know, um, so that's that's what we've been able to do. And, and that's what we're planning on doing with with this album, too, is we're going to do make a lot of really great videos, really great marketing materials and just hyper target the crap out of them. Super smart. Diamond Dave Photography, the photography that supports local music in Wisconsin and is ready to work with your band or any solo artist on your next promo pictures or band show. To contact Diamond Dave and see previous work, check out Diamond Dave Photography on Facebook and Instagram. 
Wisconsin Music Podcast is also brought to you by ZTF Studio. ZTF Studio recording and mixing services, specializing in singles, demos, EPs, and LP projects for the last 20 years in southeastern Wisconsin, doing jazz, rock, funk, country, indie, and more. ZTF Studio brings success to your recording project. All right, back to the interview. Let's have you pick three songs and kind of give like a little history behind each one of those. Okay. Three songs from the last album, or do you want three songs from... This is up to you. This is your... Across the catalog. This is All your right. soapbox. Okay. Uh, the first song that I'll pick is from our last album, Shadows from the Past. came out in 2018. The song I'm going to pick is called Figaro. And I think... Uh, of all of the songs that we've ever recorded, uh, this is probably my favorite song that we've ever written and recorded of all time. Uh, the Baron would also agree with that. Uh, this is his favorite song as well. Um, and it was, uh, uh, it, it's, it's, it's about a, um, it, it's actually about Final Fantasy VI, which is a, a, a video game, my favorite video game of all time. The Baron's favorite video game of all time, too. Wasn't it and a movie, too? There was a there was a Final Fantasy uh, there was a Final Fantasy movie that came out around like Final Fantasy nine or ten. Okay. Um, but yeah, this one's like the old Super Nintendo one. Gotcha. And uh, and yeah, this this song is um, probably up until the album we're about to release right now. It was our longest song uh, that we've ever recorded and our biggest in terms of orchestration. So there is a there is a huge you know I think we had something like a a 40 piece orchestra on this and, and multiple parts. And, um, and it was a big giant, huge power metal ballad song. Um, and, uh, it, the Baron said that, you know, one of, one of his kind of crowning moments was when we got to play this over overseas in Europe for the first time, this was, uh, it was, it really felt good to be playing that on, on the stages over there.
number two would be the song uh, Death Dealer, also out of uh, Shadows from the Past, uh, which came out in 2018. Uh, this is the first song on the album. Uh, and this song is actually probably the song that most people know uh, of us from. The, most people know Lords of the Trident uh, because we, <laughs> we, shot, we shot a music video for this on one of our mini tours. Uh, I think it was down in North Carolina and back. And um, it was probably the, the video that I put the least amount of time and effort into. We just shot a lot of like live footage from a lot of our shows, um, slapped it together. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's what it was. Um, and interestingly enough, we ended up on a buddy's YouTube channel. He just asked us if he'd come over and, and film this thing, which he was calling uh, Metal Bands React to Pop Music. And he used the song Death Dealer at the beginning of this video, uh, Metal Bands React to Pop Music. And for whatever reason, uh, Google reached down its holy hand and touched that video and the algorithm just said, you are blessed. And that video now has uh, 1.5 million views on it. Wow. And so when we went over to Europe, uh, literally everybody who came up to the merch booth was like, I saw you guys on such metal bands react to pop video. You're so funny. Oh my gosh, I love you guys. <laughs> I love that song Death Stealer with all of the cat footage. We put a bunch of like footage of our friend's cats in it. Um, so yeah, it, it, you know, I, I still love this song and this is still uh, uh, one of the songs that we usually open the set with. Um, but it's just funny that the, the one music video that I put the least amount of effort and time <laughs> into was the one that like, broke and went crazy viral so it's like you know shoot <laughs> it's sometimes it, that happens it just for whatever you can reason. never tell you can yeah. never tell right you never know yeah
And then um, what what song would you want the the podcast to play out for you? Okay, uh, last song I will say uh, "Knights of Dragons Deep" from uh, from Frostburn, which is the album that came out in 2015. Okay, uh, "Knights of Dragons Deep" is a a song that uh, Asian Metal came up with when he <laughs> was trying to put together a uh, a secret Santa gift. <laughs> he didn't he, he didn't have anything uh and he didn't know what this person liked so he ended up writing uh asking me to write uh help him write and record a demo uh heavy metal song for this person uh and he did it over the span of i think maybe three days um so it was a real rapid fire rush job and we loved the song so much uh, you know, he just came, came into the studio and, and I was like, this song rules. You came up with this in like three days. And he's like, well, I came up with it in probably like, I don't know, a couple hours. And I was really rushed. I'm like, <laughs> dude, this song rules. Like, what do you, what do you, so, so we, you know, we finished up the demo. We gave it to that person. That person owns, I think the only demo of that song that, it, that exists. Uh, and then that song be- became one of our, one of our, one of our quote unquote hits. And, uh, uh, the big, probably the biggest song on that album. Um, and uh, made a music video for it. Did really, really well. Um, but yeah, the, uh, interesting what what happens when you put your guitarist under pressure to make a secret Santa gift. Yeah, that's yeah. And sometimes you hear about that, you know, from lots of artists out there. It's like, yeah, I just ro- happened to hit, you know, this hit song that I wrote took me just half a day or something like that. And it's just, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Go figure. Yeah, exactly. Go figure. A lot of artists' minds over the last year now, a little over a year. How have you guys dealt with that? Honestly, way better than than most bands, uh, to be perfectly honest. Um, and the reason was actually due to due to Patreon, uh, but it wasn't because of the it, w- it wasn't in the way that you'd think. Um, we we you know our Patreon grew and grew and grew, and I kept thinking about ways to make more content for it, ways to be more exclusive. Uh, and all that sort of stuff to, to give to give like say live streaming access to people. Right. Um, and so we around the same time we switched over to an, an in ear monitoring system, so we don't have to use uh, the monitors at the at the venues anymore. We can just use our own our own ears that we bring with us. Um, and the the side effect of that we we use Patreon money to to fund that. And the side effect of that was that we were able to not only record uh, multi track bootlegs that we would send out to the patreon backers fully mixed and mastered but we were also able to live stream a fully mixed stream uh, of uh, of our of our concerts from basically anywhere we were uh, we were at i mean i remember we were live streaming from a basement in vienna like in tw- in late 2019 and and people loved it you know it was like 2 2 p.m for people in wisconsin back over there it was like one in the morning or whatever yeah. um and because we had that technology, because we'd already set that up, we'd taken the time to like figure all of that out. Um, when COVID hit, uh, and you know, and and gigs were gigs were canceled, tours were canceled, and you know, everything shut down. Uh, you know, it took us maybe a, a good week, two weeks, to say, okay, uh, you know, Plan B, uh, live stream. Let's just take the technology that we have set up right now tweak it a little bit, add a few cameras, and then boom, you know, we're, we're playing live stream shows from our basement. Uh, and not only that, and, and I mean, that did, that did really, really well. Um, and not only are we playing live stream shows from our basement, but we are 
doing those live stream shows to raise money for charities like the COVID Relief Fund, uh, like the Community Shares of Wisconsin, which uh, raises money for, you know, 80, pl 80 plus different charities all around uh, Wisconsin. Um, so we, you know, we, we started doing those live streams and there were big hit because I mean, everything, everything else was canceled. Mm -hmm. uh, and we, we already had our mix dialed in, you know, so it sounded really, really good. Um, so at, at the point where other bands were still trying to figure out, you know, how to set up a live stream mix, how to, how to live stream successfully. Yeah. Um, I felt like we had a leg up on that. Uh, so we, you know, so when it was safe for us to get together um, and and actually you know do those streams, we were able to do it. Um, when in that sort of in between time where we were like, well, probably shouldn't get together. You know, cases are pretty high. We haven't been able to get all all, all get tested. You know, we we would get tested before getting together and just right, make sure right. everything was cool. Um, and and most of us actually work from home anyway. So it was you know it was one of those things where it's like, well, I haven't left my house in. A week and a half, literally, I've had everything delivered. Uh, I'm pretty sure I don't have COVID, you know, and yeah, everybody else right. was like, yep, same, same boat. Right. You know, so we were pretty, pretty good on that. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, so we, so we were able to do that and, and do those live streams. And when we weren't able to do that, we were uh, getting together over Zoom and, and, and talking through um, album uh, ideas, uh, talking through uh, uh, song ideas. Um, and, um, myself, I was I was doing like my own stream. So I, every Monday, I will stream a like a classic Sega CD video game playthrough, and that's been very very popular. The fans have been loving that. We've been ha having a lot of people tune in for that. Cool. Um, we've done things like uh, Baron solo shred sessions, where the Baron will come over and he'll pr he'll do a whole um, he'll do a whole set, you know, an hour and a half plus of solo guitar music uh, that he's composed. Um, with like backing tracks and lights and fog and the whole ship and moving cameras and the whole shebang. So, right. um, so we've been able to really, really quickly pivot to a, almost, almost putting a TV studio down in the basement, you know? So, and, and I will say that uh, a lot of the inspiration from that came from our very close friends, uh, psycho stick uh, out of Chicago um, they're they're a comedy metal comedy death metal band, okay. uh, and they are very 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 popular. Um, like they're they're way 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 bigger than we are, uh, and they started doing the same thing. They started doing fully mixed live streams, um, and la you know, and they also raised money for charity. So I basically ripped them off directly, and they said, "Yeah, go for it." <laughs> um, but they like you know, last year they raised something like something insane, like uh, like. Eighty, ninety thousand dollars for charity and their live streams over Excellent. the course of a year. We were able to raise um, eight grand uh, total last year, which still, I mean, it's pretty great. Yeah. So you know, so you know, the to answer your question, it's it's been it's been mentally difficult. Yeah. Um. To to be limited. Uh. In you know there there was a span of a couple months where we we didn't get together, we didn't practice because we just didn't know you know we didn't have enough information right, on. Right. Was the virus uh, transmitted via touch? Was it, you know, I, I, we didn't have the test yet. So there, it, it was mentally difficult. It is still mentally difficult to get together and all be playing wirelessly in different rooms over our in-ears and, mm -hmm. and kind of do that. Um, but generally, we were set up and we fared a lot better than a lot of other bands out there. And I, and I will credit, like, 
you know, 99% of that to the support of our Patreon backers because they allowed us to, um, to have that, that financial freedom where we could do things like invest in additional cameras uh, to make a, a, a live stream better. We could invest in an in-ear monitoring system. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, a lot of that was due to the, the amazing fan support that we already have. Um, and yeah, and, and, I, and I hope a lot of our Words of Fang series over the course of COVID ha- turned into how to run a live stream, how to mix your live stream, how to do multi-streaming on a Raspberry Pi, uh, how to, you know, do all that sort of stuff. So, so I hope that that support that we've been given by people, I hope I've been able to give at least a little piece of that back to the other musicians, uh, who were struggling with that. Um, so. Excellent. So that's all on your, on that YouTube channel that you were talking about earlier. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Go check that out. If you are interested in, the knowledge of, of all that information. Cause that sounds like you guys know exactly what you're, what you're doing out there. So excellent. Well, we, we fake it pretty well. <laughs> fake it till you make it right. And that what they yeah, say. Exactly. Exactly. As we're wrapping this up, there's a couple more questions I have for you. Um, mm-hmm. one of them is work life balance. Are you, is that a struggle for you or is that something that you don't find very difficult? I am very lucky to be, uh, in a situation where, um, the, the, the place where I, where I work, you know, on a day-to-day basis is incredibly supportive of the band. And in fact, a bunch of people at work are Patreon backers. <laughs> um, so everybody, you know, the, 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 the best thing that I did, um, and I think a, a lot of people would probably benefit from this because I, I know there's a lot of band guys who kind of hide that identity, uh, because they feel like they need to be professional. Um, I think the best thing that I did a long time ago is I, as I said, you know, this, this is, this makes up so much of who I am. Um, uh, and so much of my identity, uh, and so much of my passion that like hiding it would be a disservice to, um, to the people I work with. So I, you know, I straight out let everybody know and, and, and give people CDs and, and encourage people to come to the shows and everybody, I'm very lucky that everybody at work has been incredibly helpful and incredibly supportive in, in that. Um, also working, I work for the uh, University of Wisconsin-Madison and working for the university uh, allots me a lot of really flexible vacation time. So we've been able to, um, you know, work a lot of the gigs around that kind of a schedule. Um, so the work-life balance has been really, uh, has been really great for me. I know this, it's not the way for uh, a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm incredibly thankful for that. Um, so yeah, I, I, I also, you know, probably, it probably didn't hurt that I went into a a field, I work in IT. So I, you know, went into a field that gives me access to, uh, to be online and to, to be available and answer questions uh, a majority of the day, both about, you know, band stuff and, and, and uh, music business stuff um, in between working on, you know, work, work. Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) So, so I'm, I'm very, I'm very thankful that, um, that the industry that I work for is uh, mostly reactive and not proactive in the approach of, of, of work. You know, we fix things when they come in and we fix things when they break. Right. Uh, and generally we're not like nose to the grindstone 24 seven. So it's, it's, it's nice in that respect. Very cool. Is there a, a gig that you have done that has made a big impression on you and why? Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> couple, a couple. Um, the, 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 my favorite show of all time, easily hands down um there is a band out of nashville called the proto men 
and they create uh, rock operas based on a, uh, a a dystopian retelling of the the story of Mega Man from okay. the from the Nintendo, right? right? So they created this whole dystopian rock opera retelling of, of Mega Man, and their second album uh, that came out. Uh, was one of those albums that just made such an impact on the entire, you know, nerdy community that they are sort of elevated to the status of gods, you know, but in, in, in sort of in my mind too, you know, it was like, it was like playing with Iron Maiden in a sense, you know, it was like, it was like, oh my God. So we got a chance to open for the Proto Men uh, in Madison at a, at a spot that is no longer with us, unfortunately called the frequency. It's a, it was a, you know, Maybe if you're really if you're really trying, like 150 capacity room, so a very small room, and we crammed. I swear to God, we crammed like 220 people into that place. Yeah. It was literally like everybody is scrunched. We're like, everybody scrunched up against each other. The crowd surfing was. I could crowd surf all the way from 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 the from the stage all the way to like the back exit, and wow. like they could drop me out the door. That's how many people there were, um, and. That opportunity, not only was the Protoman absolutely, incredibly, amazingly, fantastically amazing um, that night, uh, but like they, it was sort of one of those, you know, play with your idols kind of kind of uh, experience. And they were all very, very nice. And um, we got to hang out together in the green room. And it, yeah, it was it was one of those things that I will never forget how packed that place was and we marketed the ever living crap out of it yeah and i think you know it, it was like that one-to-one of like you know the proto men are here we marketed the hell out of it we made so many new fans that night there wasn't a, barely even a, a room for a merch stand but somehow we still sold cds i don't know how that worked um but that was that's my favorite show of all time um one of the other shows that really made an impression on me uh was when we were on tour with uh steel panther um the Steel Panther guys were um, in just insanely nice. Uh, they had <laughs> they had the giant uh, the giant green room and the downstairs with the uh, with the massage tables and all the, all the okay. sort, you know they, they had they had the real star treatment. Yeah, and 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 we were upstairs in a you know a smaller. It was still a nice green room for for all intents and purposes, but it was small a smaller room. And uh, Steel Panther sent would would send one of their like gophers one of their you know their their interns okay up to our green room and i, I this is the the you know the first night here they, this guy comes in and he's like hey um hey, I'm, I'm steel panthers intern and um i was just the guys were wondering if you wanted uh, any any pizza and beer they were going to give you a hundred dollars of their catering budget um and so what kind of pizza would you like and and also you know what kind of beer and you know it's like i've never been asked the question like by 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 a venue. Like, what kind of beer would you like? Right. They're like, what kind of craft beer do you prefer? Do you like stouts or IPAs? That is, <laughs> no one has ever said that. It's right. usually like, hey man, hey man, here's a case of PBR. Good luck tonight. Right, you know. Right. And and just the fact that like you know, Steel Panther did not know who we were, who we were. They didn't know us. We yeah. didn't know them. And they, you know, took not only took the time, but they took the money out of their budget. To have you know some 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 dude come up to our green room and be like, I will go get you pizzas and beers. Tell me what toppings you like and what craft beer you you prefer. That that made such an impression on me because they did not have to do that. No. They were very much in a position where you know they they very much did not have to do that. So um, 
the fact that they did made me go like, dang, Steel Panther, they're really nice. And that's, that's one of the things that I, it's those kind of experiences that, that kind of give me hope that, you know, going, I, I think, I think a lot of people carry this idea of rock stars as like aloof and um, unapproachable and that kind of stuff. And, and there's been also a lot of just kind of negativity in terms of bigger acts, um, just kind of being dicks online and just not, right. not being nice people. Um, and, and, and things like that Steel Panther experience and also, you know, stories of like Ronnie James Dio doing four hour meet and greets until, until, you know, there was literally no one left in line to, uh, until the last in line, right? Right, right. <laughs> to, to, um, that sort of thing really gives me hope that, that we can craft, you know, moving forward bands, bands that, bands like us and bands that maybe bands that get bigger over time mm-hmm. and maybe maybe you know hopefully knock on wood get to that level right of of playing playing those sort of steel panther-esque gigs can do the same thing can give back can 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 influence other bands to to act in that way to be better to to be collaborative much like you know your your question of the Mad- madison music scene i want to pull that and bring that with me and show that to everybody, be yeah. like, and we're all here, we're on this together. We're all going to be nice. We're all going to help each other out. Um, pay, it, pay it forward. Exactly. Uh, Skeleton Witch. When we when we toured with them, when we when we opened for the for them, um, I couldn't find my jacket at the end of the night. We were all is two a.m. Yeah, you know, and we were all just completely just just gone because we're all like we've just done this big show and we're all just super tired and we're loading up all this heavy gear. And this the singer for, from Skeleton Witch was like. Hey, hey, uh, Ty, you, what's going on? I'm like, oh, dude, I can't find my jacket. I'm like looking around, and he's like, guys, stop! Hold on, hold on. Ty can't find his jacket. Can we help him look for? They were like loading in their big equipment. They, <laughs> they dropped what they were doing to help me find my jacket. I'm like, you don't, you don't really don't, you don't have to do that. You don't, you right, don't make right. it. So it's like that kind of stuff. It's like you know, um, we, there's a joke in our community, in our power metal community, of uh, you know, there's there's the saying of uh, NWO. Uh, BHM, the new wave of British heavy metal, you know, like okay. the Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, right? Right. Um, we want to be the NWO uh, NMB, the new wave of nice metal buds. Cool. Very cool. <laughs> well, you know, and stuff like that makes a big impression on people that are, you know, not a lower level, but maybe haven't made it to a certain level that other people have. And it just, I think it just grows from there. It's just like, you know, planting a seed and it just grows into something better. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and the last thing I kind of ask is, what's on your playlist right now? What artists are you listening to? What do you feel deserve maybe some recognition that maybe is not getting the recognition that maybe they should be getting? Sure, sure. Um, the last album that I, the last heavy metal album that I bought was um, an album call, uh, by the band Primati, uh, which just came out. Um, I believe it's, uh, I think it's Violence of the Skies. Um, that might have been one of their earlier albums. But um, I've been going through the entire Primati uh, discography at the moment. I just I just fell uh, fell into fell in love with those guys. Um, they're out of the UK. Um, they have a concept album about a French Japanese anime that came out in like 1978 or whatever. Uh, uh, and the the album is called The Calling. And that is probably my favorite album of theirs. So I've been going through their whole discography. There's another band called Adamantus that uh, just came out with a recent album that I've been going, th- I've been listening to that a lot. Um, and then uh, I've actually been listening to a lot of synthwave <laughs> lately. Cool. Uh, there's been some really great synthwave releases. Uh, Time Cop 1983 came out with something new. Um, the Midnight's always 
coming out with something interesting. Um, um, I think we're all uh, real big synthwave fans here. I think a lot of heavy metal guys are like like secret synthwave fans, yeah. but like I I completely I'm like no no synthwave rules, you know. So um so I've been listening to a lot of that lately, and uh, you know now I'm now I'm just like looking down at my phone like oh recent recent albums huh? Uh, Porter Robinson just came out with a, an interesting album, not really my cup of tea. Oh Lord, <laughs> <laughs> so there's this band from Australia, uh, actually a pretty famous band called Lord who we're very we're very close friends with uh because we've always joked we need to do like we need to get the the band lordy from you know from norway Mm -hmm. uh and then lord and then lords of the trident and do a japan tour and it'll be lord lord lordy or lord lords lordy yeah and uh um so they came out with a a really really long album something like 40 tracks called undercovers uh, where it's all cover songs. They do like, you know, I just died in your arms tonight. They do uh, a Savage Garden cover, all sorts of different, <laughs> different stuff. Cool. Very cool. So, yeah, I've, uh, and yeah, I've, I've double checked. It is Violence of the Skies. That is the, the Primatai album. So, so that's what, that's what I've been listening to lately. Excellent. Excellent. And obviously, Lord isn't the one you're talking about that had that hit Royal that came out some years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the joke, the the add-on joke is that if we did Lord with an E, it would be Lord, Lord, Lord's Lordy. Yeah. We could do like a four-band, you know, big four-band tour. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, 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 Lordy. Right. The Tongue Twister Tour. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Well, Ty, I really appreciate you being on Wisconsin Music Podcast. This was a great interview, great conversation. Uh, definitely want to have you back on again. Maybe talk about absolutely. some of the tours that you did out in Europe and other places next time. And oh, absolutely! I got, I got, I got, I got stories, man. You would not believe. <laughs> I think that's going to be for for next time, definitely. And maybe it'll be when your your new album, whenever that comes out, will. We'll put that all together and we'll we'll meet up again. Sounds good. It'll definitely be this year, so watch okay. out for it. Excellent. Once again, thanks so much for being on, and we'll talk very soon. Thank you so much. All right. Enjoy all the right, recording bye-bye. studio. I, I will. I'll try. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Bye. See ya. If you're interested, we have a new feature on Friday. It's called the Friday Music Showcase, where I showcase two different artists, and they give us a little bio about themselves and a little information behind each song. If you're interested in being on the Friday Music Showcase, please email wisconsinmusicpodcast at gmail.com. In the subject, type in Friday Music Showcase, and in the email itself, Send two songs, a little bio about yourself, and the stories behind each song. Also, send me your social links as well. Don't forget, you can also be on the Monday podcast. Sign up on the website at wisconsinmusicpodcast.com. Fill out the guest request form. And then after you hit submit, check your email. It might actually land in your junk or spam folder. But there should be an email there asking for more information on being on the Monday podcast.
I'd like to thank Nate Wyckoff for creating the music for the Wisconsin Music Podcast and to Dean Bundy for our great voiceover in the beginning and intro. Thanks to Jacob at CW Hip Hop for syndicating our podcast every Monday at 4 p.m. at CWHipHop.com. Also, ZTF Studio Recording and Mixing Services specializing in singles, demos, EPs, and LP projects for the last 20 years in southeastern Wisconsin, doing jazz, rock, funk, country, indie, and more.